0: The Brisbane River runs through the city of Brisbane, providing transport and beautiful scenery. But when it floods, as it did in 1974, there can be terrible consequences. The flood in late January was the result of a very wet spring in Queensland. Since October, the rivers had been full, but the rain did not stop coming. When Cyclone Wanda hit the state, disaster struck. The cyclone itself was not a big one, but it brought torrential rain over 600 millimetres in less than two days on the Australia day long weekend. The already full rivers couldn't cope. The levels in the Brisbane River rose rapidly and it broke its banks. The peak level was measured at 5.5 metres. Buildings in the central city and numerous suburbs are affected. Eight and a half thousand houses were flooded and most of these were destroyed. 16 people drowned including two soldiers who were thrown into the river when their vehicle hit submerged power lines with electricity still live politician bill Lickus risked his own life jumping into the water to try to save one of the soldiers the aftermath of the flood was massive as well as the deaths many people were left homeless and the financial cost of the flood was close to one billion dollars dear amy thanks for your emails Sorry I've been slow replying. I had a busy week with Mum. She's headed off to Brussels now. It was cool having Mum around, even if a bit weird after not seeing anyone from home for so long. We did lots of touristy stuff, Lucky for me, Mum paid, as it can get a bit expensive. I managed to convince Mum to climb up the Eiffel Tower with me. She wasn't too keen at first, reckoned she was just as happy to see it from the outside, but I told her she couldn't come to Paris and not do it. I even offered to hold her hand if she got scared. You know she doesn't like heights very much, but in the end, she loved it. I didn't know before we went, but the tower only has three floors, and the stairs only go to the first two. You have to get on an elevator to get to the top. So we climbed the stairs... For the first two, once I realised there was a lift, I suggested to mum we take that the whole way, but she told me I was just being lazy. So we walked like a gazillion steps, admired the view from the second floor, then caught the lift to the top floor. What an amazing view. It felt like we could see all of France. Get mum to show you the photos and keep an eye on the letterbox for the postcard we be sent. My new mate Joel and I are heading to Italy tomorrow. My money is getting low, so if I don't find work, won't be staying here for very long, I'll head back to England and try to get some more work there. I don't want to spend all my money and have to come home too soon, but I miss you and Dad and Gren. Sounds like you had a great time there and her trip sounds ace. Hopefully I'll still be in Europe when she comes and I can catch up with her. Do you think I could get her to climb the Eiffel Tower as well? Enjoy being back at school. Remember, only six more years and you'll be free like me. Love, Aaron. It's so hot, I moan to Trudy for the upteenth time. I wish it would just rain. Trudy nods but then smirks at me. Remember how grumpy you were about the rain at the start of the Christmas holidays? You were all like, it's not fair, I want to go to the pool. She grins as she tries to impersonate me. Not very well, I might add. Me, I say, trying to look innocent as I remember all too well complaining about the rain stopping me from having fun sure that was me, doesn't sound like me at all. Trudy gives my arm a light punch, definitely. Maybe it's your fault that it hasn't rained since. Haven't you heard the saying about be careful what you wish for? My mum says it all the time. I shake my head, pretty sure I'm not powerful enough to change the weather. I think for a moment, if I was, I would be making it rain right this second. When the bell rings to go back into class, for once, we don't mind. At least there are fans in there. On the way in, though, something flies into my face and I squeal and jump back. What happened? asked Trudy. I blink, watching the thing fly away. It's just a big fly. Literally. A fly. I realise my heart is pounding like it's about to burst out of my chest. I'm just about to tell Trudy what it was, but then I see Leith watching with a little smile on his mouth. Of course it had to be him. Nothing, I say, trying to look as if nothing even happened. The last thing I want is to let Leith hear me say I was scared about a fly. If he teased me for a week about a spider last year, how much more would he tease me for squealing about a little fly? The afternoon drags by, but when I get home, there's a surprise waiting for me. Gren's little blue car is parked in the driveway. Gren, I call when I open the door, smiling as she appears from the lounge room. What are you doing here? I didn't know you were coming. Neither did I until this morning, Gren says. But your dad rang and asked me to come over for a night or two. Why? Is he hoping you'll cook some better meals than his? I think we've been missing this while mum's been gone. Dad and mum have always shared the housework, but dad has never been a good cook. He even burns my toast. Every morning. I'm 11. That's 11 years of practice. Gran laughs. No, she thinks for a moment. Well, maybe I will, but that's not why he asked me to come. He's been called out to fight a fire, and he's likely to be late home, if he comes home at all. A fire, I say. Whereabouts is that? In the Bunyip National Park down the other side of Melbourne, but they've called in extra staff to help. I was just actually looking for some updates online. Seems there's a few fires around at the moment. This blinking hot weather has just made it impossible for firefighters. I wish it would rain, I say, repeating what I said to Trudy. Don't we all, says Gren, turning to shut down the computer. I've even been running my air conditioner at home, which you know I hate to do, but it's just too hot. Speaking of which, she gets up from her chair and crosses over to the air conditioning unit on the wall, jabbing the temperature button. This one doesn't even seem to be doing much in this house. She's right. Even though air blows out the front vents of the unit, it doesn't seem any cooler than the air that's round it. I hold my hand in front of it for a moment, hoping it will get cooler, but it doesn't. Never mind, says Gren. Let's have a cold drink instead. We head for the kitchen where Gren has a jug of homemade lemon squash in the fridge. She pours us each a glass, the ice cubes clinking as she pours. Here's to cooler weather, she says, holding up her glass. And no fires, I add, holding up my own. Gren's lemon squash is delicious, sweet, tangy, and also wonderfully cool. Gren nods, definitely no fires, she agrees, but it is lovely to have an excuse to visit my favorite granddaughter. I smile, even though I know she's only saying that because I'm her only granddaughter, all my cousins are boys. Dear mum, I hope you're enjoying Brussels. I looked at the weather forecast for there and it sounds freezing. I hope all those layers of clothing you took are doing their job keeping you warm. Funny to think of you being freezing and us here at home practically melting. It has been hot for days and days. The first couple of days back at school, the temperature was way over 40 degrees. How are we even allowed to still go? Worse than that, there's lots of fires and Dad has been busy helping fight some of them. I don't know if he told you, but he got Grand to come and stay with us so that I'm not alone. I'm glad he did because he hasn't been home in three days days. The fires are a long way from us but I'm sure I can smell the smoke especially at night. I hope they get them under control soon. Gren and I are having a good time. In the evenings we've been playing Scrabble or watching TV and trying to think up ways of getting cool. The air conditioner in the lounge room doesn't seem to work. I felt sorry for Gren stuck in the hot house all day while I'm at school but instead of staying home she's been visiting the library going to the shops anywhere where there's actual working air conditioning. She's a smart cookie that one and luckily a much better cook than dad. Now I'm well fed. Miss you heaps, Amy. In my dream, I'm in the kitchen and the oven door is open, even though there's a roast dinner cooking inside. Heat from the oven flows around the room and I can feel beads of sweat on my forehead. Can't we close the oven? I ask Gran. It's just too hot. Gran laughs. Close the oven? That would never do. Instead, she reaches over and turns the temperature up. The meat in the pan sizzles loudly and waves off heat. No, I moan, backing away towards the door. It's too hot. Why does she want to make the house hotter? Amy, Gren's voice rouses from me in my dream. Wake up. I groan and roll over, glad to realise it was just a dream. For a second there, thought Gren was about to put me in the oven. But even though I'm awake and in my bedroom instead of the kitchen, I'm still so hot and sweaty. That part of my dream was definitely real. I can see why I was dreaming about ovens. I stumble out of bed into the bathroom. I turn the cold tap in the shower and stand under it for a few moments till I'm shivering. The relief is bliss. Although we had a few days where the temperature dropped a bit, it has been hot all week. It did get down into the 30s but that is still stupidly hot and the air conditioner still isn't working. By the time I've pulled on my school uniform and trudged to the kitchen for breakfast, I'm hot again, as if the cold shower was just a part of my dream. I wish I could go back to the bathroom and stand under that cold water all day. Why the long face, asks Gran, handing me a plate of toast. (sighs) I say, reaching for the butter. I'm just tired and hot and I miss mum and Aaron and dad. So, didn't sleep well then, huh, Gran says, handing me the strawberry jam. Hopefully this weather changes soon. Is dad up, I ask. We've hardly seen him all week, but he came home last night for some rest. The fires have kept him busy. He literally only comes home to eat or sleep. Last night, he didn't get home until after midnight. Gone already, says Gren through a mouthful of toast. Already? But it was so late when he came in last night. Did he wake you? Asked Gren, looking concerned. Not really. I just heard his car pull in. I'm surprised I didn't also hear him leave this morning. Maybe I did get more sleep than I realized. I wonder how much sleep dad had. Not much if he's up and gone already. What if he's too tired to fight the fires? I ask Gren, thinking about the chat Dad and I had last week about him keeping safe. He needs to be alert in case of danger. Gren smiles reassuringly. I know, she says, but I'm sure he knows what he's doing. And the fire controllers do keep track of everyone and make sure they have rest breaks and food and water. Do try not to worry. I know she means well, but how am I supposed to not worry about Dad when he's off fighting fires? Plus, have anyone ever calmed down when somebody says, don't worry? I'll drive you to school, Bran says, when I push my plate away. I've only eaten half my toast, so let me just finish and then we'll go. It's far too hot to walk. Too hot for anything, I moan, especially school. Maybe, she says, looking sympathetic. But it isn't like you're going to get cool here with the air conditioner broken, so you might as well go. (sighs) she's got me there. At least there's fans at school. But when is it going to get cooler? Not any time soon, she points at the newspaper on the kitchen table open at the weather page. They're forecasting a very hot weekend. Record temperatures. Record temperatures. As we get ready to leave, I glare at the air conditioner. Did you have time to get that fixed at least? Gran shakes her head. I'm going to call the repair people again today, but don't hold out too much hope. When I rang the other day, they were booked solid for a week. <sighs> at least the car is cooler. Grand turns the aircon on and it blows delicious cold air over us as we drive to school. Can't we just sit in the car all weekend then? I ask. I picture us driving around all day just being icy cold instead of cooped up in our oven house. Gren shakes her head. No, but maybe, if your dad agrees, we could go to my place. My care conditioner is working, I hope, anyway, and it would give me a chance to check my mail, water my garden and just care to the house. Okay, I say, anything to cool down a bit, we'll go to yours. Thinking of being cool gives me another idea, as I think of the Marysville swimming pool. Maybe we could even head to the pool? I bet Jackson will come with us. I make a mental note to email Jackson if Dad says we can go. It would be great to hang out with him again. Gren nods. Good plan, but I'll have to check with your dad. He might like to spend some time with us on the weekend. Ah, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe, I say, thinking quickly, if he has the weekend off, he could come too. As it turns out, Dad thinks grand idea is a great one. With several fires still burning and the fire danger being extreme, he's going to have a busy weekend. When I get back from school, he's at home, but he tells me he'll get called back to work at any minute. Just be aware, he says to Gren, that the forecast for the weekend is terrible. The whole state is on alert for extreme fire danger. He looks thoughtful, scratching at the stubble on his chin. I guess he hasn't had much time to shave. Actually, he said, Maybe going back to Marysville isn't such a good idea. What if there's a fire there? Grand smiles and pats him on the shoulder. We'll be fine, she says. I'm fire ready thanks to the help you gave me clearing the gutters. The garden is trimmed. My fire kit is in the front hall. We'll be fine. She looks thoughtful. You do know that there's just as much chance of a fire hitting here as Marysville, don't you? I know she's thinking of the fires that hit Canberra when she and Grandpa lived there. No one expected back then that a bushfire would come right into the suburbs. I guess, he says, but you will be careful, won't you? And if there's any fires here in the hills, I want you to leave early. Don't come back here, head into Melbourne, to John or Ebb's place. Graham pats him on the shoulder again. We'll do that, I promise. Now try not to worry about us. In fact, it's us who should be worried about you. You're the one putting yourself in danger, fighting fires. Huh, Dad shakes his head. I hadn't thought of that. But you must know we do everything we can to stay safe. He gives me a little smile and I know he's thinking about our conversation. And so will we, says Gran. Now we'd better go so we can get there before dinner time and so you can get rest. No, don't get up, she says as Dad starts to get up from his lounge chair. You must be exhausted. It's true. Dad looks really tired. To be honest, I don't think I've ever seen him like this. I give him a hug and I kiss his bristly cheek. Gran's right, I say. Get some rest, Dad. You look after yourself and Gran and I will look after each other. Dad smiles and waves tiredly as we head out to the car. He'll probably be asleep before we've got onto the main road. In the car, I can't stop thinking about what Gren said to Dad. Until last week, I'd never really thought about him helping fight fires as something dangerous. It's just something he's always done as part of his job and as a volunteer. Gren, I ask, do you really think Dad is in danger when he works with the fire crews? Gren sighs, giving me a sideways glance as she steers the car into the traffic. Yes, she says finally, I do. But she reaches her hand over and gives my knee a little squeeze. But I don't want you to worry about him. How can I not worry? I don't want dad to be in danger. But I'll wait to see what else Gren has to say. But I also trust that he will do everything he can to stay safe. He won't take unnecessary risks. She waits for me to say something, but my mind is still working overtime trying to figure out why dad would fight fires if it's dangerous. Finally, Gren speaks again, and it's as if she's been reading my mind. It's a brave thing they do, firefighters and park officers like your dad, but it's important work. When they work hard to fight a fighter, they save bushland, they stop forests and animal habitats being destroyed, and sometimes they're saving lives, keeping the fires away from houses and towns. They're heroes. Heroes? I'd never thought of dad as a hero, but here in Grand Talk, I know she's right. Maybe dad should get a medal, I say. Think about the conversation dad and I had about bravery. This makes me remember something. Did you know Dad is scared of fires, he told me. Grand shugs a little without taking her hands off the steering wheel. No, he's never told me that, she says finally. But it doesn't surprise me. Being brave doesn't mean not being scared. An out of control fire is pretty scary. When the fire hit Canberra, it got pretty close to her and Grandpa's house. I guess she's remembering that day. But brave people are the ones who use their fear to make sensible decisions, to confront the problem without taking stupid risks. She glances over to see if I'm still listening. In the case of firefighting, I guess they have to know when to keep fighting it and when to retreat, and they have to listen to the people giving orders and trust each other and their equipment. That sounds a lot like what Dad said. I think about it all for a minute. I don't think I'd ever be brave enough to be a firefighter. You're braver than you think, Amy, she says. But that doesn't mean you need to be a firefighter. I grunt. Hmm, I think I'll be something safer, like a lion tamer or a crocodile hunter. Gren frowns, then sees my grin and realises I'm joking. Or a snake charmer, she asks, catching on. Or a tightrope walker. Or a person who walks through fire. We both laugh as we try to think of crazier and more dangerous jobs that I could do. The, tri- driver over- the drive over to Marysville seems to fly by as we talk and laugh the whole way. Dear Aaron, you are so lucky being in Europe. I bet it's really cold there. It's boiling hot here at the moment, over 40 degrees. The Premier has been warning everyone that the fire danger is extreme and that we should expect bad fires this weekend. I hope he's wrong, but Dad has been working extra time all week helping with fires already, burning in the state forest. He's hardly been home. Graham came to stay with me, but we are in Marysville tonight. The air conditioner at home is broken, so right now we're in her lounge room with the air conditioner turned up, even though it's night time. I usually love summer, but this is just too much. Hopefully, Gran will take me and my new friend Jackson to the pool, and we can try to cool down a little bit. Are you still in Italy, and does it snow there? And if so, can you send me a snowball attached to your next email? (laughs) Haha, just kidding. Gotta go, Gran is dishing up two big bowls of ice cream. Yep, two. One for her, one for me, none for you. Better eat it before it all melts. Miss you heaps, Amy.